At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is the Detroit City Cast with Dan Leach, presented by Bet Rivers. And what's going on, fine, fine citizens? Great to have you here on the fantastic Friday edition of the Detroit City Cast. We'll get you ready for the sports weekend. I know we're kind of in the doldrums down on this. We got a lot of tennis action. We'll have some horse racing over the summer. Of course, we got golf, the World Cup later in the fall. But we're working ever so slightly towards football under 70 days. Uh, I got some very, very cool news that I'm going to be able to break on this show uh, when it comes to something I'm going to be doing personally when it comes to calling football in the fall, which you know I've been doing the WHMI Game of the Week uh, on 93.5 and both football and basketball. But it's really good news about that that we'll get to uh, next week. But we're, we got a lot to discuss, a lot of people to talk with as we get closer to Michigan and Michigan State season, and of course the Detroit Lions coming up in year number two with Dan Campbell and Brad Sherlock Holmes. Uh, we talked about the Lions, updated Lions earlier this week, and Hutchinson's odds to win uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year, and Jamison Williams' odds to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. We'll continue to update that and uh, you know kind of figure out where we're going to be as we get closer to training camp and closer to the start of the season. But we did have some big seismic news in a way, when it comes to football earlier uh, or yesterday on, on Thursday. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you where I'm at with this. And I know that I might be in the minority because I talked to a lot of my friends. I talked to people in the media. And I, I, you know, got some reaction on social media when I posted about it. And I know I'm probably in the minority. And I'm not, like, super upset about it because it is about, you know, and I was playing poker last night with my great friends at, at All Star. And this was a topic of discussion. And, and a, a guy made a great point about, you know, adapt or die. And I get it. 
But when the news came out on Thursday of USC and UCLA and probably Oregon and Washington or Oregon and Stanford or more joining the Big Ten in 2023 and that we're going to basically get to this era of the mega conferences, they'll probably be four, you know, the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and some conglomerate of the ACC and some other stuff. It, that's where we're going. And I, I've known that for a decade. But to me, I just think it's, maybe stupid is the wrong word. But it's not, like, I love tradition. And I'm not saying that you have to have the Big Ten teams in the Big Ten. I wasn't mad when Rutgers came in. I get it. New York market recruiting, etc. Not that Rutgers is really ever going to be a threat in the Big Ten for football or basketball, but I get it. I understand the SEC reaching out and getting teams like Texas A&M, you know, bringing in, uh, you know, teams that would not traditionally be, that are more Big 12 teams and vice versa. I understand why USC and UCLA want to join the Big Ten. But they're either in California. Are we going to have a separate Big Ten West division that's literally in the West? Like, I understand all the reasoning. Money, recruiting, TV rights, I get it. But I don't like it. And call me old-fashioned. Those of you that know me, maybe you're listening to the show for the first time, there's not much I don't love. I'm a positive guy. I love, you know, things that are new and innovative. I'm not like someone that, like, you know, there's no chance in the future I want to see balls and strikes called by a robot up. I don't think I'd be happy about that, but I I like rule changes. I like innovations. But when it comes to the Big Ten, adding teams that they would only normally play in a non-conference scenario, or obviously much of my life in the Rose Bowl or other bowl games, it just seems unnatural to me. And it's going to be, the dominoes are going to keep falling. And in the next probably five years, we're going to have these mega conferences with teams literally stretching from coast to coast. And you know, Western teams of the Big Ten, uh, Western Northern teams of the SEC, you know, Eastern, uh, like, you know, way East Coast teams out West in some scenarios. I mean, it's just, it just seems to me like we're kind of losing what it's all about. Which to me, and I, and I get, because listen, I understand, like I'm someone that has been for years on 97 with the ticket, when you started seeing these these um, players, even Michigan players, Michigan State players, opting out of bowl games. Yeah, the playoffs are really, I guess, all that matter. I get it. But how about the fact that I went to Eastern Michigan, and when they've gone to these, what, four bowl games in six years? Like, bowl games still should matter. Like, Eastern's never going to win the national title. Northern Illinois is never going to win the national title. San Jose State's never going to win the national title. They're probably never going to go to the playoff. None of those teams will even sniff it. So the bowl season still should matter. It should just be about the playoffs. And then these kids, you know, opting out, I, I get exactly why they're doing it. I've had this take for years on the NBA that I was all for these kids needing to go at least two or three years because it'd be better for college basketball and better for the NBA. But I'm not mad at them now that there's going to be no rule to go right from high school. I can't get mad at these kids, many coming from poverty and and bad family situations and single-parent homes, about to make $50, $60 million. Like, you know, you get mad at a baseball player going right from high school to, to the major leagues or the minors first, obviously, and working his way up like a Bryce Harper or Mike Trout or a Torkelson or whoever else. I, I get it. But I just feel like we're kind of losing stuff here. And to have USC, you know, a school I respect and revere for all the years with the Rodney Pete, Tom Renovich versus Michigan matchups, and obviously, you know, what they did with Pete Carroll and then the cheating, and UCLA, which is a historic rival with Michigan, and I've been to many UCLA-Michigan games, 
they're going to be in the Big Ten? What's next? The Pistons are going to, you know, move to Canada? The NFL is going to have teams in London and Germany? Well, that's probably going to happen. But you see my point. So I know I'm probably in the minority. But when I when the news broke, and I've got this big text thread with my fantasy league guys for football. And we talk a lot of sports and just a lot of stupid takes in that chat. I'm sure people think my takes are stupid sometimes. But there was this big topic of discussion. Everyone's getting, you know, some, I don't know, excited is the word, but they were just like, wow, and who's next? Oregon and Stanford and Washington and this and that. When, I, when the news broke and we started talking about it, I just was like, what is going on here? USC is in Los Angeles. The furthest Big Ten school is what? Uh, Nebraska? And, and I know, you know, Colorado, you know, moving conferences. And, you know, I mentioned Texas A&M and others go to the SEC. You know, it's just, to me, and, and Georgia too. Or, you know, Missouri joined the the SEC after being in the Big 12. And I know this is the way it's got to be done, but to me, it's just, it seems unnatural. And, and the end game is obviously having these mega conferences. And everyone's going to play everyone. It's going to be so, you know, completely on, uh, you know, leveled. It's going to be just completely off kilter because certain teams are going to play their traditional rivals and other teams aren't going to play the other teams. And it's, they're going to, some teams will play each team, you know, one team like every seven years and, it, it's just the balance will be off, but that's major college FBS football right now. So I wonder what your take is on this. Always love to hear from you. You know, comment on it on my social media, my Twitter at DanLeach971. And, you know, I just, it's interesting to see that, and I'm going to put a poll up on Twitter as well about whether I'm going to do it tomorrow. Whether, or, I'm sorry, you know, it'll be up at some point today when you're listening to the show, but definitely, for, you know, be ready for the weekend, for the holiday weekend. Uh, I wonder what the majority of people think. And I know that it's probably going to skew older, like people that are my age or older are going to be like, what, what is going on here? Why are we adding Western teams to the Big Ten? I mean, and once again, I understand why. But I, I think that people my age and older are going to be like, not, not love it. And the younger crowd doesn't care because they don't, they didn't, you know, they didn't live in the 80s and the 90s and the classic rivalries. And obviously, listen, we used to have, we used to vote for national titles, at least for playing for them now. And I love the plus one in the playoff. Hopefully we get to an eight or a 12-teamer at some point. Um, and there's been, as I mentioned, adding teams to the NCAA basketball tournament has been great. Uh, I still don't understand why the FBS can't do a playoff like the FCS does. They've been doing it at every other level of intercollegiate athletics in every sport. Yet we only have four teams that play in the tournament for football and the FBS, and and I understand the reasoning, and a lot of it's money, and a lot of it's just the way things are, but can you imagine, I know that some of these games would be blowouts, but maybe it would eventually even the playing field if you had a, uh, you know, a 12-versus-1 or an 8-versus-1 and with four buys and that kind of situation. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I know it's not really anything that is going to, you know, shatter the earth over the next couple of days or a couple of weeks because this isn't happening until 2023, but USC and UCLA are coming to the Big Ten, and it just seems... Awfully odd to me. Let's let's take a trip to the Motown betting window and get you ready for the weekend here. And of course, here locally in Detroit, not much going on. The Detroit Tigers and the Tigers are undecided as of the early recording of this show. They're going to name their pitcher for the game tonight at Comerica against the Royals with cheese momentarily. So if I have a play on this, I will tweet it out for you. I don't think I will. It's Keller that's going for Kansas City, two and nine on the year. 
and a four five six ERA. It's a seven ten start at Comerica Park, uh, and I'm, I'm guessing no matter who starts for the Tigers, it will be the Tigers as a small to moderate favorite, anywhere between minus one twenty five to minus one sixty. So we'll see what happens with the Tigers when they name their starter. If I like a play on this game, I will throw it to you. Um, and I did want to let everyone know as we're right in the middle of Wimbledon week. And Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, it's definitely your go-to sportsbook for all tennis-related betting. Wait till I get to the update of the plays that I gave you heading into the tournament. You're going to love it if you took them, obviously. Uh, today through July 4th, you can place a $25 wager on Wimbledon at Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook for a free $10 Bet Rivers live bet to use on any Wimbledon match. Remember, it doesn't matter what level better you are, whether it's uh, you know a $50 better, a $25 better, a $5 better, a $5,000 better. $10 is $10. Imagine it, a couple gallons of gas. Uh, all you got to do is log into the Bet Rivers app. Now you can even live stream tennis matches right from Bet Rivers online sportsbook. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem call 1 800 270 7117. And to update where we're at, and I'm very excited about this. And listen, we're still a long, long way away. But the plays that I gave you before the turn, by the way, we are now 10 and 2 in Wimbledon match betting. 10-2 and two as far as match-to-match betting, uh, you know, daily match betting, the plays of the day as well as the, the parlays. You know, I'm counting the parlays in there as one play, but I've also had some individual matches that we've given out as well. Um, so we're 10-2. and two. And I gave you Isner as an underdog. I gave you Raducanu as an underdog. You know, we're, we're moving through things here. But before the tournament, first we, we gave out Maria Sakari. Uh, to win, you know, Wimbledon on the women's side. She's on the bottom half of the draw away from Iga Swiatek, who's the big favorite. And Maria Sakari has looked fantastic through her first couple of matches. And when you look at what's going on with her futures odds, we got her at 25 to 1. Well, at Bet Rivers right now, Maria Sakari is the sixth favorite. She is now 20 to 1. So not a crazy move. But you've, you know, you still got some hardy competitors in her side of the draw. You get Sweet Tech plus 140. Hasn't really moved much from the plus 150 when she started the tournament. Jabor, who could be definitely uh, the winner if, if, if Ega doesn't get it done, plus 550. Coco Goff, 10 to 1. Simona Halp, who's looked great, 11 to 1. Um, and then you got Ostapenko, 11 to 1. Uh, Patrick Kvitova, the former Wimbledon champ, at 13 to 1. Then you got Maria Sakari at 20 to 1. Angelique Kerber at 25 to 1. So. You know, that was a little bit of a move. Feel good about that, but still a long way to go, uh, of course, uh, with Maria Sakari. But I think that she, the grass is great for her. Has been to the, you know, went to the semis last year. I think that Maria Sakari can win this. I really think she can. But it's on the men's side where I'm very ecstatic about what we've done. And I love giving out plays that can give you a chance to win a lot of money. And we gave you two plays on the men's side before the tournament started. We gave you Nick Karagos each way to win it and to make the final. And Alex Dimonor each way to win it and to make the final. Djokovic remains the overwhelming favorite, minus 200. Nadal, 6 to 1. Alcaraz, 13 to 1. Kyrgios now 15 to 1. We gave you Kyrgios when he was around 25 to 1. But we also gave you him to make the final. He was about 13 or so to 1. Well, now he's like 5 or 6 to 1 to make the final. And remember, Kyrgios and Dimonor, the two Aussies, Bottom half of the draw, they're in, Nadal's 
half of the draw, but Djokovic is up top. So we've got each ways, even if they don't, obviously, if they play Djokovic, if he makes it there, and they don't beat him, just getting to the final is going to cash, and cash really big for Demon Nor, which we'll get to in a minute, but still would make a nice profit for Kyrgios as well. This is where the major move has happened. Demon Nor was over 200 to 1 to win it, and 100 to 1 to get to the final. Well, now he's 40 to 1 to win it, and about 10 to 1 to get to the final. And he has looked fantastic. So in four days and a couple matches, Demonor has gone from 100 to 1 just to make the final on the bottom half of the draw to 10 to 1 or so. And we might have a situation where we can hedge because Kyrgios and Demonor would play each other potentially in the quarterfinals, meaning that one of them would advance to the semis, meaning that obviously if it's Demonor, you're going to have a great chance of hedging based on who he's going to play in the semis, that if he's a big favorite, you can put a, you know whatever amount of money you want on the other side and really not have much risk there. If he is a favorite, you can hedge, maybe cash out the bet. It's we're, All options are out there, but remember, long way to go. The good news is that bottom half of the draw, aside from Nadal, is really wide open. And that's why you see... Djokovic is the favorite. Kyrgios is now the fourth favorite. Dimonor is now the seventh favorite. He's right behind Taylor Fritz and ahead of John Isner. That's crazy. So I feel really good about the woman in place. We will have my woman in place of the day coming up in just a bit here. Uh, but I did want to check on a couple other things here for you. Our golf plays, unfortunately, Adam Schenk, who I really liked. He finished fourth and sixth uh, in the last couple years at the John Deere Classic. He withdrew after shooting a 77 with some injury issues. So he's gone. But our other three bets are, two of them are definitely alive. One of them, we'll see. But remember, we gave you Peter Malinati at 150 to 1 plus. And we gave you John Hahn at 130 to 140 to 1 plus. And then Martin Laird, who had a nice week last week uh, in the Travelers. Well, you look at where we're at heading into round number two, and three of those guys, like Malinati's the only one that's going to be a early guy because he went late. The other guys were early, late. Well, obviously, Schenk is out of the tournament. But right now, you got JT Post, Posted, who had a phenomenal day. And he shot a 62. He's 900. I don't think the, the, this lead is going to go crazy with guys like JT Posted and the Canadian Michael uh, Gilgit. He shot a, a 64, a 7 under. But you look at the majority of the players here, you got a few at 6 under, or I'm sorry, a couple at 6 under, 4 at 5 under, and then a ton at 4 under. And our players start with James Hahn. Remember, 150 to 1 or so. 140 to 1. Minus 3. So is the real lead around 9 after round 1? Probably not. The real lead's probably around 6, maybe even 7 under. Right within... Striking distance, tied for 19th. And then, you got Martin Laird, who's 2-under. Tied for 32nd, after shooting a 69. You know, we also, as you know, as I mentioned, have Peter Malinati, who is right there at even par. So, he has a good, you know, round number two. Uh, everything is in the offing for him as well. Uh, so, it's one of these things where... No, I'm sorry, I apologize. Peter Malinati actually was even. He ended up a plus two. But if he has a good day, he can make the cut and things can happen. But it's really about Martin Laird right now and James Hahn, who are right in the mix. And I, I mentioned, you know, when we did the, the 
the picks on the Wild Wednesday show that these are the kind of fields I love because it's wide open. I mean, Webb Simpson and Charles Hall III were two of the top five favorites. So when you look at this scenario, you got a lot of guys that have never won before, very few that have won before, very few that have contended, you know, on a Saturday and Sunday before. It's a very weak field. You know, there's no trust for a JT Poston right now. There's no trust. I don't even know who Chris Goderup is. No offense. You know, I know Vaughn Taylor is and Dylan Fratelli, but, you know, there's not a lot of history there with playing in tight situations when you, you know, get to a Saturday or a Sunday. So this could be that, that kind of week where a Lucas Glover type, like last year, 100 plus to one, wins this tournament. We've seen this happen a lot with some off-the-radar guys. I think the, the Martin Laird and James Hahn are right where they need to be. Hopefully we get some, you know, as they go late tomorrow. Conditions will be good. Supposedly not going to be too, too hot. Uh, but hopefully we get some good rounds out of both of them, at least one of them, and then head into the weekend with a legitimate chance to cash a 70 to 1, 50 to 70 to 1 guy in Martin Laird, based on when you got him, and 130 plus to 1 guy in James Hahn. So feel good about that. And, you know, I will probably have a play on somebody, one or, one or two guys, after the second round tomorrow. I'll see where our guys are at. But with this wide open field, it might be worth taking a couple guys that are three, four, five shots off the lead heading into Saturday because you might be able to get 100 plus to 1. And let's say they have a good Saturday. Next thing you know, they're one of the top five favorites, 20 to 1, 15 to 1, something like that. So I'll probably have a play, a half unit play at least, uh, coming up you know, on my Twitter. So make sure you check in with that. And, I, and I'll tell you this right now. And I've said this on the show before. I have no desire to break down live golf betting. I don't think there's any value. I, the motivation is not there. For these players, it's a shotgun start. You got guys that, you know, Freddie Couples, what great comments he made. I love Freddie Couples saying he's probably never going to talk to Phil Mickelson again and that these guys sold their soul to the devil and it's all about money. And how can you handicap a a, a tournament where you got guys that are literally just playing to get paid? That it's not about world golf rankings. It's not about trying to get on a Ryder Cup team or a President's Cup team. It's not trying to, you know, work your way up into the FedEx Cup playoffs because they obviously can't be in it. I don't think that there's any value betting on the live tour right now. And I know some of you might disagree with that. And if there are times that I, you know, if th- things change and I, I think there is some value going forward, I'm not not going to give you plays. But as of now, I doubt I'm going to give out any live golf plays. Not just because I'm completely abhorred by what's going on and I think it's stupid. And I think some of these players are acting ridiculous and selfish. But just because I don't think there's any value in it. And I've told you over and over and over again that I will never just bet to bet. I'll never give you plays just to give you plays. That's not the kind of guy I've ever been, and that's not the kind of show that I do here or I ever want to do. I want to help you win money. And if I'm giving you an official play, as you know, I'm taking that bet. I am making that play. And I'm not just going to, like yesterday in baseball, I was on VEASAN with my girl Stormy County. I made no baseball plays. I had none. I passed. There was a ton of games on the board, like none of them. I'm not just going to make a play to make a play. That is not how you win in sports gambling, especially if you're someone like me that doesn't do it for a living. I I obviously have a big job doing this show and my play-by-play stuff and other things that I have my my hands in, but I do it to make money and profit a lot throughout the year. I used to bet, obviously, a little crazy, way too much money when I didn't have it back when I was younger. Now I bet with my means, and I've been on a heck of a run for 15, 20 years. I've never really had a year where I've lost money overall when it comes to sports betting. 
I definitely have had years where I've lost some when it's come to going to the casino too much or years where I've won a ton because I went to the casino. But as far as sports betting's gone, I've never, I haven't had a year where I haven't profited at least something. There's been years that have been way better than others. But that's what you do when you, and once I got out of college, I got a little older and stopped betting like crazy and obviously 11 years sober now, not doing all the uh, copious amounts of drugs that caused me to chase trying to win more and more money. Once that started happening, my profitability went way, way up and I bet within my means and I kept the units, you know, basically with their, uh, you know, I, I set units for myself based on what I'm able to, to wager and bet and never, you know, bet too much. There's times where I'll bang a three or four or five unit play, which is a big play for me based on what I bet, but that that's very rare. It could be, just, you know, if I really like the Super Bowl, which of course is just one game. We've talked about that, but there's times where I really have thought it was a week wide in the Super Bowl or a playoff game or an NFL, you know, teaser one weekend uh, or a futures bet, something like that. But for the most part, I stay within the level of what my units are. Like for you, it might be $50. For someone else, it might be $150. For someone else, it might be $500. For someone, I have a friend that bets $5. That's fine. But that is what I want to try to continue to teach you. You've got to stay within your means. You can't gotta, You can't like bet all over the place. Like, okay, I'm going to bet 30 on this game, 300 on this game, 25 on this game, buck 20 on this game. You want to keep things balanced and add a little more if it's a game you really like. Make it a little less if it's a game that you're kind of taking a shot on or doing like a three-team parlay as opposed to like a single straight bet on an on NFL team. Or let's say you, you know, you have a baseball play where you really like a pitching matchup, but you got to lay 200 hours and you make a big play on that as opposed to like taking a huge underdog money line in college football and only having to lay like, you know, let's say 50 bucks to win 500 or something. Uh, if it's a big dog and you think they're going to win it outright, those kind of things. So that's the key to me on this show. I'm going to continue to, you know, teach the best I can. I still always can learn, but I've had great teachers. Used to live in Costa Rica. No guys that have run and still run sports books. No guys that set lines. Obviously, I'm in Vegas a lot. So I'm going to give you all the knowledge I got, and I always can learn more myself. But passing it on to you means a lot. And I want us all, and you know, those of you that follow me, I mean, many of you have listened to the show since its inception, and you follow me on Twitter, and you see my picks, and you thank me. You don't have to ever thank me, but I, I appreciate that. I mean, that's why I do it, because I want to win myself, obviously, but to be able to win myself and give you picks for free and not, you know, to try to charge you for them, which is what the show is not about, uh, that means the world to me. So thank you, as always, for listening. All right, that is a trip to the Motown betting window, brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. By the way, programming note, of course, we'll have this show throughout the holiday next week, but I will be hosting solo my man Tim Murray's show, The Nightcap, on July 4th. It'll be 8 to uh, 11 Eastern time, and I'm really looking forward to it. So please be with me there if you can after your you know barbecues, maybe if you're not going to watch fireworks, or after the fireworks, 8 to 11 on New, Year, New Year's Eve day. What am I talking about? Uh, it was a hot one here today. I'm a little tired. Or, I mean, it's been, it was a hot one yesterday when I played golf with my dad. And I'm still just kind of, uh, you know, getting into the day here. Uh, but please uh, watch if you can on July 4th coming up. I mean, before we know it here, July 4th on Tuesday. Uh, so please check that out if you can. Looking forward to hosting that with my man Aaron Oakster, the great producer out there in Vegas. So we'll be talking about everything, looking at different futures and 
you know, win totals and, you know, lion stuff and NFL stuff and prop bets. And, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. We always have a lot of fun on that show and have some great guests, hopefully, as well, even on the holiday because we got some of the best people that come on uh, Visa and, and come on this show as well. So we always are very grateful. By the way, Deathmatch set up with me, Coach Greg Campy of Oakland, Jeff Rieger, and Tony Paul. Oakland Hills, August 2nd. It's going to be sick. We're going to have lines set on this for hopefully people to bet on. Uh, I don't know how we're going to keep track of that. We'll, we'll put it up the lines. That's for sure. Uh, all right, coming up next, we'll get to my Wimbledon plays of the day. I got a few things for you coming up for Saturday. Remember, I'm always going to give you a day ahead based on when you listen to the show. And we are 10-2 and two to start our Wimbledon year off. And also have those great futures bets that I feel pretty good about, uh, both the men's and women's side. We'll get into that coming straight up right here on the fantastic Friday edition of the Detroit CityCast, brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Must be 21, playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. Here we go. Wimbledon plays of the day as of today on Friday. We are 10-2 and with some stuff outstanding there. And I feel really good about the kind of vibe I'm getting from the plays that I'm throwing out there for you. Uh, We've had some nice, you know, small underdogs up to plus 200 and $10 dogs uh, with this or a couple days ago. And... I got two plays for you. It's two parlays. Uh, oh, by the way, we gave you uh, Quinn Wenzeng a couple days ago as well as a plus. I think she was plus 170, and that cashed. But I've got two plays for you for Saturday. Two parlays, one on the women's side, one on the men's side. So we're getting into third-round matches here. And how about the run for Harmony Tan? After beating Serena, she backed it up as almost a plus $200 underdog uh, last time out. But she's going up against Britain, uh, you know, Britain's Katie Bolter. Uh, Bolter minus 240. I think the crowd's going to be big, uh, you know, for her. We know how it is uh, when there's, you know, a great British, you know, a player from the UK playing at home in Wimbledon. Uh, so I like Bolter minus 240. I'm going to parlay her. We gave you Pagula the other day as well, the American. Uh, I was going up against Petra Martik. Martik can be a tricky player, but Pagula should be about minus 275. She is. You parlay those together. It equals minus 107. I think they both win, possibly in strengths. I think the Harmony Tan run will end. I think her game is definitely unique and, and crafty in ways that she can kind of construct points. And she did it against Serena, obviously a very rusty Serena, but against Bolter, who's got a ton of power. I think this is going to be the end of the run for Harmony Tan. And I like her and Pagula, in, uh, or Katie Bolter and, and Pagula, in a parlay. And that will uh, lead it to minus 107. So you lay a buck 07 that wins 100 based on whatever your play is. It's a one-unit play for me with that two-leg parlay on the women's side. Then we're going to go to the men's side. And we're going to take a look at my man, Jensen Brooksby, the young American going against Christian Guerin. Solid player, but Brooksby is the favorite that he should be. He is minus 265. We're going to go all-American here because then you got Taylor Fritz against... Uh, my man Alex Molkin, but Taylor Fritz definitely one of the top five or six guys right now that people think has a chance to win this tournament. You lay both of those guys together in a parlay, and it's minus a buck forty-eight. But I have no problem with a unit play laying the one forty-eight. I mean, imagine taking two huge NFL favorites and getting them just on the money line and having to lay one forty-eight. I think Taylor Fritz could win in straight sets. 
I think Jensen Brooksby has a chance to win it straight. Maybe it's going to be four. But I like these two together as well. And I mentioned to you, there'll be times where we're doing straight plays. I didn't really like anything enough, uh, you know, as far as a straight play for Saturday's matches. But you parlay Brooksby and Taylor Fritz together. And it's minus 148. You lay the 148 to win 100. Or based on, of course, on whatever your unit is. I like both of I, I thought about saying, all right, let's just do a four-leg parlay. But I'm going to keep it separate. Because there could be an upset on either the men's side of this parlay or the women's side. I don't think there will be. I think we're going to go 4-0 with these, these four selections. But I'm going to do it as a separate parlay and do a full unit on the minus 148 to see Brooks uh, advance and Taylor Fritz advance on towards the round of 16. It'll be obviously uh, you know, a, a second round match to get to the third round. And don't forget, no playing on Monday, the middle Monday of Wimbledon. Uh, so I'm sorry, middle Sunday. And then we got that crazy day, the round of 16 matches coming up on Manic Monday. And I will definitely have some plays for you on Twitter throughout the weekend. Uh, if I really like anything Wimbledon-wise, and we'll of course get to stuff next week as we get towards, obviously, the round of 16, and then the quarters, and the semis, and the final, and hopefully catch that huge ticket on Alex Dimonor to make the final, or to win it all, as well as Nick Karagos to make the final or to win it all. I'm feeling good about that. We got Maria Sakari on the other side uh, or on the women's side as well. All right, that's going to do it for us here today. Have a great weekend, everybody. I know it's kind of like a holiday weekend. Some of you are taking the, you know, obviously getting the weekend off and then taking Monday and Tuesday off. Uh, maybe a little mini vacation. So enjoy yourself. Be safe. Drive safe. Please don't drink and drive. Enjoy all the fireworks, the lakes, the boats, all that great stuff. And we'll catch in with you again on Manic Monday. Until then... Keep reaching for the stars, believe in the dream. Dan Leach, the Squatch, out!